I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBSI Views podcast. With me is Mike Walters, Chief Product Officer of Cloud Payments FinTech Form 3. We're looking, first of all, at why banks need to adopt a multi-cloud approach to payments and legislation. What is the pressing need to go multi-cloud, Mike? It's a an evolution of both regulatory intent and I think the capability of technology. So one of the key questions that most of the largest financial institutions in the world are are wrestling with is, is as increasing demand for always on, always available real-time transactions meets their technology estate, how do they maintain a state of, of operational resilience and uh, and supply? And so you know, that is both an internal imperative for them, but it's also an external driver of regulators in a number of markets. And one way to do that is to leverage cloud native technology to enable for scaling, to enable for cross-site resilience. But one of the questions that a cloud native model still leaves open is what if your cloud provider is broken? What do you do? What if they leave the market? What if the tools that you're relying on in your deployment in a particular cloud service provider, you know, change or are removed or end of life. And so from a Form 3's perspective, we've approached multi-cloud as a model that says our technology stack will exist in real time as a single platform across multiple cloud service providers. And we own, you know, that sort of commitment to a customer that says, should an individual cloud service provider, you know, go down or exit the market or have an issue, our platform will continue to run. And that answers the question of both operational resilience at the individual transaction level. You know, are we up and available? Because we're highly unlikely to not be if we're if we're modeling that that level of resilience. But it also answers that more tricky question of, you know, what do you do with a, a cloud service provider, either outage or, or change in uh, behavior or service? On the subject of outages and worries about services, banks are starting to move significant elements of their back office to cloud native technology this wasn't a priority previously no absolutely it is and and i think what we're talking about is the next step beyond the improvements you get from having cloud native technology in the first place so uh, as an architectural model cloud native technology is still significantly more scalable resilient and robust than uh, running a data center maybe with a failover data center or even two data centers that you own yourself so this is not about you know whether or not cloud in and of itself is resilient. It's this step beyond that that says, even though cloud is resilient, how do you manage those scenarios where you're dependent on an individual cloud service provider? Like what do you what do you do? And and so, you know, I think one way to deal with that is to risk assess it and come to the conclusion you're happy with cloud native technology. That's absolutely fine. And and for some smaller organisations, I think that's completely valid. For very large tier one businesses, I think, and particularly banks, I think the regulator is looking more closely at, you know, what exit plans and what approaches banks can take to de-risk that next level, even over and above. I'm now cloud native resilient to answer this question about, um, you know, what what do you do in the event of a challenge with a a cloud service provider? Well, one of the things that's become more of a topic in recent years partly because of the move to cloud is real-time payments which is great it's fantastic that i can get paid or i can make payments very quickly but 
there's potential here for fraud. There's no think time. So how do you as a financial institution, well, not you as Form 3, but how does a financial institution deal with the threat of fraud in the real-time payments world? It's hard. You know, historically, uh, historically, I wanted something of... more positive than it's hard. I know it is hard, uh, and look, and, and and I get it, and 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 actually, um, you know, the, there is a significant ecosystem of tools and you know service providers and in-house builds and expertise in the financial services sector for dealing with some areas of this, and and historically. You know, that has been, how do I secure my digital channels? How do I know it's really my customer that's signing in? You know, how do I know that, you know, their device hasn't been compromised? You know, those sorts of sort of security and fraud questions have been, you know, very well, you know, served and protected against. I think what happens in a real-time payment environment is a little different. And that is, if it really is your customer, and you know that it is because you have all of those security uh, solutions in place, but they they want to send the money to somebody else, so they've been duped or misled into sending money to a you know a, a bad actor. This is APP fraud we're talking about, and this is and this is APP fraud and some sort of derivations of it. The question is, how do you still stop that transaction? So even if you're a bank and your customer is adamant that they really want to make that money move, how do you help to protect them? And so one of the things that we've been working really closely with providers and customers on is the ability to identify those transactions from the behavior of the transaction and the other counterparties involved to be able to stop those transactions before they make it to the other end. Because of course, the problem in a real-time environment is if they do make it to the other end, they don't hang around. The funds are on transmitted very quickly and your time... They're gone. Yeah, they're gone. Your your time window to protect either customer is not very long at all. And so from our perspective, it's about using the technology to, to be able to identify these in flight and flag them in flight. And that gives the bank time to review them. It gives them time to assess the risk of those particular types of transactions before they make it. And, and that, I think, is something that's going to become really important as all real-time payment solutions mature around the world. I'd go so far as to say some people have been telling me it's all very well to talk about frictionless payments, but we actually need a little bit more friction sometimes. I mean, what you really want is all of the legitimate transactions to have no friction and those which require thought to be capable of happening fast, but still have the have the required numbers of steps. And And this has been the technical challenge. So the technical challenge has been how do you incorporate into a real-time flow enough decision-making in an automated way that allows the whole thing to still feel frictionless? And, and that's where, you know, we've been applying ourselves from a technology perspective is, you know, can we do that? You know, can we, can we take, you know, a, a couple of hundred millisecond transaction and still in that time window complete the associated fraud checks? And, you know, that's hard and in a legacy environment. That's tough. It's hard to test. It's hard to integrate. It's hard to maintain. And, and I think this, again, going back to our, you know, our previous discussion about using cloud-native technology, this is, this is designed for the ability to leverage different services. Well, that brings us on to perhaps the specifics. You talked about what your company is doing. What is Form 3 doing? What are, what are you helping the banks with in the specific? We've been around now for about six and a half years and, and you know, we've built our business on the 
technology stack that you would expect to see from a cloud native and now multi-cloud technology firm. And, and we help large financial institutions to connect to the different payment schemes around the world. So how do they give their customers access to those payment rails? But because we run as a platform that allows us to build other services as well to aid those transactions working better. And most recently, that's been a move from helping the uh, larger domestic flows to looking at cross-border transactions. How do we apply the same technology to facilitate banks making cross-border payments? And that also includes how do we tackle this fraud issue? So, you know, inside those flows of payments, how do we identify and flag to you, to banks um, those transactions that we think are fraudulent in nature or at risk of, of being fraudulent in nature? And so we're evolving sort of continuously in this space and releasing new products onto the onto the platform to to widen the the range of different transactions that customers can process with us, but also making them more efficient and more accurate. Form 3 recently hired a former Swift CEO as its US chief executive. Is this for the cross-border business or are you looking to move into the US to in the US domestic market? Yeah, so, so delighted to have Dave, uh, Dave Scola join us. So he's got a wealth of experience um, with financial institutions across the US and Europe. And, you know, he's been brought in very specifically to help us to target and work with customers in the US market. So this is about us enabling banks and financial institutions in the US to leverage our technology for replacement or upgrade of their payment stack. Obviously, what that does is it adds an additional market to our coverage. So now the UK, Europe and the US. And so now we're we're dealing with clients who have demand for cross-border flows as well. And, and that's uh, allowing us to uh, invest also in the development of uh, API solutions for SWIFT and also cross-currency payments with the help of Goldman Sachs' liquidity um, business. Both of those things are kind of related to each other. Uh, and Dave is going to be busy uh, in the US with, uh, with both domestic and uh, international payment uh, customers. And this all has to be done at speed with faster payments. I shouldn't say faster payments because that's a particular thing, but with Payments verging on the real time, but we're going to catch, aren't we, those that are at risk? We're going to do everything we can to catch those that shouldn't be there, for sure. I, I think it is fair to say it is impossible to get 100%, but I think some of the data that we've seen and the work that we've done so far, because the technical challenge is so difficult, making a significant improvement on it is really what we're, what we're about. And that makes a huge difference to, you know, the day-to-day -day lives of individuals in multiple markets. No, we're very much committed to tackling the, the fraud piece. We're very much committed to making sure the stack on our side is, is as operationally resilient as possible and, and working with customers to make that, you know, fast and, uh, and, and real time for their clients. Mike Walters, Chief Product Officer, Form 3. Thank you very much.